Hi folks, I'm Alan Watt and this is CuttingThroughTheMatrix.com It is Friday the 3rd of August 2007 You can also find me at AlanWattSentientSentinel.eu where you can download transcripts in various languages of Europe Those who've been watching the executive order is being passed within the United States and other countries we'll, we'll find that they're actually the same laws that are being passed in every country at the same time through order in councils or executive orders all the same thing these are the, the front men at the top prime ministers and presidents who are front for the global elite they're generally from more minor nobility families they're certainly not the top ones the top ones don't come out and make themselves visible to the public. They leave that, the, all the, the egg throwing and the tomato throwing for lower nobility, but nobility nonetheless. All the want-to-bes. These executive orders are amongst the most totalitarian type of orders ever issued in history. Worse than any past in World War II in any country worse than the Soviet Union had worse than ancient despots and tyrants like Nero had in ancient Rome they're not spontaneous reactions to something from above rather they are pre-planned ongoing parts of an agenda because this plan to bring the world under this particular scientific type control of authoritarianism has been on the go for a long time an awful long time the think tanks that work on these programs and project the future are always looking at all the, the reactions they will have in society to every part of this agenda how do the public how will the public react? How will different segments of the public react? And they therefore plan all these reactions and their counter reactions to them to get round them. What we can tell at the moment because of all of the executive orders being thrown out there is that this is to tell the public that the velvet glove is off the iron fist. It's to cow whole nations of the world into total submission through fear of their own governments and governmental agencies to cow them into a state of submission and to be quiet and obey that's what it's all about and that's why 9-11 even happened it was an essential thing to happen they could have chosen other things to make happen but they chose that you cannot pull off anything in today's world which is full of spies and infiltrators worldwide into every available, possible, imaginable group without being infiltrated. You cannot do that kind of thing today. And it's, it was well known even by the agencies in Israel and in London who came on television after 9-11 
saying that they warned the U.S. that this was going to happen. Everybody knew, including the United States, just like Pearl Harbor, but it was a necessary event. Necessary because they could not have rolled on with the next part of this agenda without it happening. They wrote about a necessary thing, something on the scale of a Pearl Harbor event to motivate public opinion behind them for war. Uh, That's the number one priority in all war creation. You must get public support behind you. Now, some people think that this is a new form of government that's coming in by new people, and that's not true at all. What you really have is a splinter group that came off the feudal system that belonged to the old feudal system of nobility that foresaw a time coming when individualism would start to arise. You have to realize that in the Middle Ages and prior to the Middle Ages, people had a, lived a very simple life as far as knowledge went. They, they were told their basic religions, most folk were illiterate, the tribe, the people, the small clan was all important. That was their world. The feudal system kept it in that state for a long, long time. And it was a form of collectivist world even then. Not in a Marxian way or a Trotskyite way. It was a collectivist way by nature. The clan or the tribe lives communally, and it must be so for survival's sake. The parasites who came in and brought in the feudal system with them knew their histories, they knew the histories of the ages and they used that collectivist system and dominated it yet kept it fairly isolated from knowledge especially only the elite and the wealthy had any kind of education only the elite and the wealthy were shown any other alternate realities and possibilities however they knew that as science developed and mechanization would develop, they knew that a new class would rise up, which initially was the middle classes. They needed a middle class, in fact, to manage all of their more complex affairs coming into an industrial era. They also brought in this idea of democracy as a feint, a feint is something you use in boxing, where you pretend you're going to hit with the left and you follow the right throw your opponent off so they give us this fake democracy where we think we have rights because they knew that with the creation of a a more middle middle class people with some education individualism would begin to rise a new phenomena in those days individualism would bring many many changes which people were not ready for in fact not everyone can handle individuality because it's a price to pay for everything in nature along with individuality becomes a sense of personal freedom as opposed to your duty to the clan or the tribe there's a personal freedom along with that personal freedom comes choices because yes you can go out and and become a winner as they call it which means exploiting others to get to the top 
and being praised and bowed down to. That's what the middle classes really wanted not so long ago. Because the only image they had of successful people were the feudal overlords. So they emulated them by acquiring wealth, trying to live like them, building big mansions like them, copying them. Yet this individuality spread into the other orders of society through time. It was promoted through politics and political movements and various movements like the Chartist movements where they demanded rights for the first time and protection for the individual. Because up until then, you had to realize that in a collectivist, feudal overlord society, the average individual, the commoner, had no rights at all. There were none, no rights. In fact, the feudal overlord could catch you on his land, poaching rabbits, because everything belonged to the king. The feudal overlords were in charge of that that land for the king. And so if you killed a deer or some animal to feed your family, then you were hung on the spot. There was no trial. You were a villain, as he called it, a commoner. You had no rights. The whole idea of individual rights is a fairly new phenomenon in history. Yet with the phenomenon comes the Hegelian dialectic that existed long before Hegel had his name slapped on it. They knew this in ancient times too, because for every action there's an equal and opposite reaction. The individual, for the first time, had to make choices himself, and choices have consequences. You emerge from this cosy womb where everything had been taken care of by priests and ministers and holy men and kings and overlords. Now you had to make choices for yourself. And we learned the hard way that choices have consequences and wants and desires have consequences. Not just for the individuals that start them, start a movement, a personal life movement, but for those around them. For many people, it was known long ago, individuality would be a hard burden to carry. The elite, who really are descended from the feudal overlords, are the ones still in charge today, who decided, just like the ancient Brahmins of India, that they could stop what they saw as a form of evolution, a societal evolution in its tracks. They knew that chaos could be created through the promotion of certain kinds of cultural individualism. In other words, they could manage the culture and therefore manage the individual thought and actions within society. If you look at the feudal system they came in really with the Norman takeover of Europe. Every major totalitarian movement ever since and probably before can be traced to the same types of mentality of authoritarianism. It's a sadomasochistic type personality 
that loves and strives to bring in these particular orders over society. Psychopaths love and crave power. The only thing that they will respect is someone more powerful above them, more intelligent, the person who gets the accolades thrown on them. That's who they respect. And they will kill and and destroy all those beneath them to maintain that order. They worship that type of order. A common trait of the sadomasochistic system is preaching of self-sacrifice. The writings of the big boys all down through the years, the front men who often belonged to some of the orders of aristocracy are very similar to each other because they all preach this utopia they bring they want to bring in where everyone will serve the world state. Not only serve it, but ultimately you won't be born unless they have a place for you to serve in. You won't be able to simply be born to work out your own life for yourself. That's untidy. There has to be a purpose for you. And the purpose is already predecided. It's the world state. You must serve the world state. Self-sacrifice is always preached. Whether it's the overt takeover through military, and they do love military, they love uniform, one form. Down through the ages. They ask and demand that the masses resign themselves and submit if the wish for power on the side of the leader and the elites is to be realized. You find this this type of um, preaching in Adolf Hitler too, who's a good example, but not the only one. People forget that others preach the same dogma as Hitler. Hitler was a socialist, remember, The socialist movement came out of Darwinism, as did Marxism and the communist movement. People also forget that when Hitler met Stalin and they signed the agreement to work together, people forget that both of those countries invaded Poland, Russia from the north and Germany from the south. And at that time, all the communists across the world were told by their leaders, and it's the beauty of mass movements, you can control millions of people by giving them their leaders. They told them not to criticize Germany in the early days. It wasn't until Germany began fighting with the Soviets that they were told to now hate Germany, and we must all fight together against Germany. Hitler and Stalin in one of their big meetings before World War II, had write-ups in the newspapers where it said that you and I have are very, very similar. We have the same goals, same ends, same common cause. The only difference, really, was one of national socialism versus international socialism or communism. Yet both of them are going to be revolutionary movements to take over 
eventually the world. These characters always couch their terms in Masonic terms, that their little phrases, talking about nature and, and nature's God and fate. And they'll use words like necessity or historical necessity in their speeches. They're symbols, really, of a strong power. Hitler himself, in fact, even his, his, his autobiography, he started off with with the word fate, you know, good fortune and fate. He said, designated Bruno on the inn as a place of my birth. Then he went on to talk about the whole German people must be united in one state, because only then, when this state would be too small for them all, necessity would give them the moral right to acquire soil and territory. They also believed, many Germans, including Hitler, that the defeat of 1914-18 war was a form of eternal retribution, uh, a punishment deserved by eternal retribution. Part of the, the philosophy was that nations that mixed themselves with other races was against the will of eternal providence, another Masonic term that you'll find written all through the American Constitution by the Founding Fathers, who were all Masons. Sometimes we'll say it's against the will of the, the eternal creator. The term of the creator of the world, because that's all they think about is the world. You should say that heaven is superior to people, because luckily one can fool people, but heaven could not be bribed. And Hitler and others always talk about nature, nature, nature. Another thing that Hitler said was, nature is a great power we have to submit to, but living beings are the ones we should dominate. See, these are sadistic personalities, these great dictators. Power is the religion. Power to dominate others is what turns them on. And their higher followers is just the same. They're pseudo-masochistic. What they'll do, really, is create a hierarchy which everyone has somebody above them to submit to. And somebody again beneath them to feel power over. And the man at the top, the leader, has fate and history on his side. They'll always see that nature has given them the power into which to submerge himself. It was interesting listening to George Bush Sr. with his New World Order speeches, where he came out with a lot of this stuff and talking about the, the heavenly plan and how everything was on time with the heavenly plan, the great zodiac, their time plan. Again, a reference to not only an occult business plan, which does run on sequences of time, like all plans, but also to to nature itself. They're, they're, they're the thing which they say that they worship. 
the love the symbols of the predator look at all the feudal overlords of times past in their coats of arms you don't see the mouse there or you don't see Bambi chewing grass it's generally the big carnivore and the bigger the better because they did not make excuses for nature as Albert Pike said they try and emulate nature and they think it's the right of a few to dominate the masses and do with them as they will going back to the feudal system at the end the feudal overlords did not just sit back and say okay we'll give you democracy have a good time build a good future for yourselves no they gave us a con to believe in they picked and have picked all along down through the ages since the leaders who were placed in as prime ministers and presidents Professor Carl Quigley talked about this in his book Tragedy and Hope and the Anglo-American Establishment he talked about the parallel government and he said it's not necessary to own and control everyone in a congress all we have to do is own and control the top man and his aides a certain amount of competition is allowed by the up-and-coming shysters from both parties at the bottom and you go into the histories of these leaders and they're always connected to nobility or minor nobility because it's a continuation of the feudal system and what you're seeing now on this this crest of a wave of this century, the 21st century is the culmination and the effects of all their previous works affecting society in a crisis point a pivotal point where they either pull off their old plan to dominate the masses and everything in the planet in fact completely and totally through scientific methods or they lose simple as that they lose it all they can't over a certain number of population hold control total control over everyone and they know this they have all the studies done they know the maximum populations before they start to lose control over everyone and control is the only thing that keeps them functioning when they lose control they crack up completely go berserk and yes they might pull a few switches too because evil people who are psychopathic in this nature will tend to try and bring the whole world down with them that is another MO of this type of character I can remember when Begin was in as Prime Minister of Israel and they called it in the newspapers at the time the Samson Complex because he seemed to be hell-bent on if Israel was to lose its territories and lose its status and lose this ground it had taken from others he would release all this nuclear weaponry and take the whole world with him he was quietly removed by force at the end because all those around about him got rather nervous Hitler also had Germany go to the bitter end and he said if Germany couldn't dominate the world 
then they wouldn't, they're not fit to live by aims talking about the Darwinian principles of survival of the fittest. To him it seemed quite logical. And retribution was a quite a natural thing for him to believe in. The elites have always, right through the industrial era, kept higher scientific knowledge to themselves. They paid organizations to grab knowledge, to control knowledge of sciences because they had complete faith that science would be their weapon of the future. Sciences unknown to the public, even the science of the mind, of how to control the public's minds, was so advanced long before Freud or anyone else came along. And these techniques have been used on the public very, very well. They had to standardize everything, education. A world culture was to be created through Hollywood primarily, and American television and music because you can't have randomness, you see. Randomness is something which is untidy, hard to control. Random effects. Everyone had to go through common school systems, be taught the same things to believe in, to believe was real, and to come out of that education system thinking, I've been taught all there is at this present time to know. How simple and effective this has been. When we think we're free and look at this world we live in, your own life, think of all the little terms you hear on a daily basis. Because really we have anonymous authority reigning over us. Anonymous authority is disguised. It's disguised as though it's a personal suggestion. If you know the term, and hear the term common sense, what is common sense? Who decides what is the status quo of a particular common sense? We hear the term science continuously because we've been trained to believe that science is a holy word. It must be right, can't be wrong, runs on facts. An experimentation, empirical testing is done to get those facts. Because of this belief, science and experts is being used, just like priests were used before, to tell us what is right, wrong, or a sin, such as eating fatty food. We hear about mental health and psychic health and Normality, what is normality but the culture that's been created within your own lifetime by experts for a status quo, a predictable population, predictable in their habits, their modes of behavior, and their opinions, which are not theirs at all. This mild persuasion or anonymous authority is all around you in every ad that you see on television.
or here on the radio that it tells you to wear a particular type of jeans, clothing, eat a certain brand cookie. It used to be used big time in smoking until the UN declared war on it before they declared war on obesity, which is going to be the big kicker shortly for a lot of people. This subtle suggestion, as I say, pervades our whole social life. Someone who goes up to a party and isn't dressed in the current trend and who doesn't know the current trendy authors of the books that are promoted to be hits, just like music is promoted to be number one, is seen as an oddball. They don't fit in because they're not uniform. They're not the same as you. Even though that person might know much, much more than you, if you got to know them. In fact, the chances are they would if they were differently dressed and didn't read what is fashionable. You might learn something. You find that this anonymous authority is far more effective than overt authority. Up until now, we've had pretty well nothing but anonymous conformist authority reigning over us and pervading our lives, our music, our culture, arts, etc. All the stuff that Plato talked about in culture creation. Plato himself said that those who control culture and know the sciences of it could literally change culture and make everything opposite of what was normal within one generation so easily that the ones who went through that change, that transformation, wouldn't notice the strange reversal of rights and wrongs. Because culture, you see, is plastic, it's fluid, it's a science. It's a science that's been here forever and is taught to a few because knowledge is never destroyed, it's stored in archives. That's the hive, and that's the ark. What's interesting, though, you see, in anonymous authority, this all these little terms that's drummed into us, indoctrinated into us, you can't see a leader. You don't see any grand knight commander at the top of an army. And yet, you do have this hierarchy of thinkers and planners and culture creators and specialist and subspecialist departments within every part of the culture industry to give you these little suggestions and thoughts and norms of your era. You never see them. That's why it's so effective. You think you're, you're free and that you're coming up with these ideas yourself. I used to say when I was a child, why is it that if teenagers have a go through a phase of loving music, as they all seem to do, why is it, since the human brain hasn't changed as far as we know for the last few hundred years, why aren't they into to Bach and Beethoven 
when all the other greats of times gone by, why aren't they into Benny Goodman and jazz all the way up to the present? In other words, they should like all things that all teenagers liked in all times if it was a natural phenomena. What it's telling you is that you're taught to like whatever is given to you for your particular little short part of your generation, that short part being your teenage years. And that will stick with you until you die, that brand, that type of music. These are sciences well understood, and they're used to manipulate every generation separate them from the previous. With an anonymous authority, as I say, until you understand this is all being marketed to you, Bertrand Russell talked about it in the impact of science on society that they had to bring in the big marketers, those who had the skills of persuasion, who understood the sciences of persuasion, to bring in Madison Avenue, the big boys, to market not just products, but ideas and new values, values assigned to us by the elite. This has been happening your whole life and it's been happening through your parents' lives. That's why it's hard to find a unique opinion on anything amongst the mass anymore because everyone gets the same quiet persuasion. A persuasion, as I say, that seems anonymous because you can't see the grand commander at the top of an army doing it to you. Overt authority is used when they know they're at a crisis point at the top where they might lose some kind of control but it's also used always under the guise of saving the people from someone over there or terrorism within this is used to make the people submit and the psychopathic deviant the sadomasochist understands this very well because they use it in their own interpersonal relationships And they generally use it even in the sack, which is the bed, for those who don't know. They get off on people submitting. They get off in someone pleading to stop the pain. And as they get off, they get more arrogant and more overt. And they show their hand. And that's when society, in general, down through the ages has had the opportunity to clean this cloudy window of culture creation that blinds them and see what's behind the glass and save themselves. It's always been a bloody mess because the elite who have all the toys and all the boys and the bully boys and their paychecks and in their hands and in their militaries don't go quietly as I say they have the Samson complex today they have more weaponry very advanced weaponry than the public could imagine from sciences that have been kept quiet the quiet weapons for quiet wars sciences they're using today on the public every day beyond the inoculations which targeted brain cells in specific areas of the brain 
which again were given under the cover of helping you and saving your lives and all this stuff. The weapon that's been used now, including advanced scalar technology, including the arrays of satellites all linked together to bombard the Earth in specific areas with incredible scalar pulsation of various types of energy which go all the way from the auditory through the visual realm which is also through the microwave as well they have all this technology arrayed that they think like their old predecessors they wrote a very old business plan called Revelations they think that nothing can stop them who can stand against them Yet they never ever take into consideration because they despise the common people. They never take into consideration the human spirit itself. And you can define spirit any way you wish. It's like the soul. What the heck is a soul? It's up to you to decide what it is. But what it is in ancient times and what it was is a motivating force of life. It's that which pushes you on to keep life at all costs, to seek out more life outside you, part of the intellect, whatever. It's a whole amalgamation of things. You can define it any way you wish, according to that which you already believe or want to believe or have been taught to believe. But it's, there's no doubt about it. The ones at the top must crush this human will or spirit to have total domination and they've gone all out through scientific means to, to attempt to do this but they haven't got everyone under control and all the totalitarian rules are being pushed ahead and come coming out every day in the newspapers like this latest one to confiscate the property and all the assets of anyone speaking out against the government's policy on war right now in the Middle East is just one simple, typical measure of the the power-hungry, quite mad, in fact, psychopath manifesting as it always has down through the ages when it becomes afraid of losing control. And as it becomes afraid of losing control, it also becomes a very arrogant with its right to go ahead and use all of this on the public. They're tremendously arrogant people. They're quite mad, though. But the Samson complex is real, and these characters would take the whole world with them if they could, if they think they're, they're failing. These authoritarian characters love pomp and circumstance and ritual. All this ritual are just magical acts, no different from the old hunter-gatherers who would have a shaman draw a fish if he wanted to go fishing in the hope of using animalism, magic, to attract the fish itself to the bait or making some weighty decision that would affect the whole tribe. They bring in ritualism because they understand in the back of their minds that there's consequences to the wrong decisions and no one's ever sure. Therefore, with the hype and the glory of 
marching bands and marching troops and big weaponry, uh, these psychopaths feel tremendously powerful and strong. It's all a, these are all religious rituals you're watching when this happens. And it's a religious experience for even the participants and many of the onlookers. The authority and character themselves have different features, but they also have manifestations in their attitudes towards power. You might say that for them, they have two sexes that they see in the world. One is powerful and one is powerless. The psychopath in this hierarchical structure has love and admiration and is ready to submit to those even more powerful than themselves. This is their life. This is what they live for, to obey the more powerful and to become arrogant and sadistic to those less powerful. Sadomasochism. They love institutions of power. It fascinates them. George Orwell got this right in his book, 1984, where he asks O'Brien why he and his kind were doing this, this tremendous world stunt of perpetual war and control over everyone's lives because terror was everywhere and within and around. And O'Brien said, quite simply, for power, to maintain and have power. For power's sake. That's what turns them on. That's what they live for. They are psychopathic personalities. When a psychopath talks about love, they're talking about power. When they talk about the things they love, it's power. Anyone who is sick or weak, or any amount or group of people who are sick or weak or starving, arouse contempt in them. Remember, they're sadomasochists. In fact, like being a good predator, someone who is weak makes them want to attack. It's almost a trigger to attack. They want to dominate and humiliate. Now, if you look at what's happening in today's society, from the top, for years they've been recruiting lesser psychopaths nonetheless, just born into less affluent families. They become the storm troops, the brown shirts, the civilian spies, people with little bits of authority over others. They can make or break other people's lives around them. That, that's who's attracted to this kind of regime. So we are truly going into a living hell worldwide across this whole planet at the moment. It took years to, to plan, years to keep secret and to hide the real agenda. 
years to train the public to want all these organizations, these non-governmental groups, which demand that we save this and save that, all under the guise of taking your control over something away from you and giving it to the elite who want to control all of the world and everything in it. How many generations have been taught to save the whale, to save this, to save that, only finding out later on that they can't even hold on to their own house because regulations have been put through by these organizations they worshipped at one time for their charitable goods and their caring about wildlife and the forest. Now they can't hold on to their own homes because they could be polluting it through their septic tank or heating themselves. In other words, staying alive by burning a wood stove from dead fall wood that would perish anyway. Everything is a lie in the system and they've used all the so-called do-good charitable acts to fool and con you, again marketed to you by experts and trained into your children through schooling where they only give you part of a story on anything to lead you to a predetermined conclusion which you think will be your own. It's amazing when you fill in the little gaps they leave out, the omissions in any of their indoctrination courses, how the final outcome of perception and understanding is altered. You simply omit some and it's radically altered. This has been a massive planned agenda from a long time ago which had no problem pulling it off because everyone is down as a slave worker paying massive taxation the big high pot is pretty well bottomless because they have you in fact they had you before you were born down as collateral you're going to pay off that debt that a previous generation incurred supposedly and so are the grandchildren and the great-grandchildren that's why it's a bottomless pit with this odd thing called money which they use to the maximum for their own ends individuality as I said before is a fairly recent phenomena and prior to the industrial age it was a rare person who could break through into individual freedom of thought even they had the limitation of knowledge they had massive indoctrination of religion and that was all they knew that's what became the reality for them very simplistic religions of do's and don'ts and obey government regardless of how bad government was we are steamrolling into the next phase, the crucial phase where as I say the velvet glove is off the fist of the knight commander and they plan to scare the wits out of everyone and have them submit as good trembling peasantry should when faced with their betters those who are superior by their own declarations and by their own proof of being successful in the Darwinist socialist 
terms of acquiring vast amounts of wealth through cunning and skill and holding on to it through generations. They have passed, as far as they are concerned, all the tests necessary by the laws of nature to dominate you and everyone and everything on the planet, right down to numbering and chipping everything, as the old book says, the, the revelations, the revealing of a plan very, very old indeed. The association of marketing strategies and linear thought is what brings you to the acceptance of technological advances which become your masters, which you think are natural evolutions from the computer to your little blueberry to your cell phone to a brain chip. It must be inevitable, surely. And then what's wrong with that is to help the sick. Well, that means that we're all sick in their eyes, you see. And we shall all be cured of the sickness, of the potential of being an individual with individual rights. That's what it's all about. They're already training children to accept this. They'll think it's quite natural a natural evolution. Their parents have been dumbed down so much they can't tell them. And all mammals, all mammals in nature look towards a parent to warn them of that which is dangerous. If the parent doesn't know, the child won't think twice about something that it's actually dangerous to them. They have separated the communication between the generations. They have separated the genders. They have them battling each other. Now they have subgroups of genders battling each other. Divide and conquer, divide and conquer. Supply the leaders to every little group and subgroup and then bring them together in NGOs, which is the new form of democracy, the Soviet form, because that's what the Soviet system meant. Rule by councils. Unelected councils, but approved councils. And after all, if they want to save the little marsupial in Australia or some little frog in your field, well, they'll just have to take your land away so as you can't interfere with that. It's for the greater good, don't you know? This is the world we live in. It's getting worse. And now the big boys, as I say, are ready to start confiscating the property and locking up those who are classified is dissident. Those who won't buckle under as good little whimpering weaklings should. Because psychopaths who are sadomasochistic are afraid of those who can stare them in the eyes and say to them, I know what you are, and expose them. This is the time. The time is now for everyone with the abilities and the knowledge to speak out, to start doing it. And yes, you will be disregarded by many of the cowards in society whose condition has taken on better than others. But you'll also be heard by those who crave to know. And we don't have time 
the pussy food around anymore. Last night I watched a test of these scalar weaponry all around me for hours in the sky. It wasn't wall lightning or anything like that. This was a the new normal as this stuff blasted away all night long without a sound, but with bright flashes where you could even see the centre of the superheated eight pockets of air which ignited. It went on for hour after hour after hour after hour after hour in a clear sky. This is the new norm, and it's partly harp technology and scalar technology coupled and arrayed with the satellites of the Star Wars technologies, which old Mr. Regan talked about, but he wasn't the first that already weaponized space. Now is the time to speak out. Now is the time to reach out to those who are younger because the buck has been passed by enough generations to the next generations to collect the debt. And you can't do that to anyone. The reason we're in the mess we're in is because the previous generation was bribed by pensions and plastic cards so to enjoy themselves so they keep their mouths shut and their heads down. And that's why we are now at this stage and we're in the mess we're in. And you can't pass that buck on to the next generation. They don't have the skills, the knowledge, and they've had the hardest attack on them through Ritalin and inoculations to affect their brain. We have to do it for them. We must do it for them and ourselves. And that's what human spirit's all about. For those who understand what I'm talking about, I hope you take the information which will be written up for transcripts and you can pass them out. I also hope that people will send in donations to keep me going and I'll try and expand what I do because we can't pussyfoot around now at this critical time in history. The one thing that I do say is this is an exciting time to live because previous generations and previous centuries could only speculate about this period that we are now in. We don't have to speculate, we see it around us. We are living it now. This is the pivotal point for the past, present and future. From Hamish and myself is good night and may your God or your gods go with you. Paese mio che stai sulla collina Disteso come un vecchio addormentato La noia, l'abbandono, il niente Son la tua malattia Paese mio ti lascio, io vado via Che sarà, che sarà, che sarà Che sarà della mia vita, chi lo sa So far tutto o forse niente, da domani se vedrà, 
sarà, sarà quello che sarà. Gli amici miei sono quasi tutti via, e gli altri partiranno dopo me. Peccato perché stavo vedendo in loro compagnia, ma tutto passa, tutto se ne va. Che sarà, che sarà, che sarà, che sarà della mia vita chi lo sa, con me porti alla chitarra e se la notte piangerò, di una linea di paese suonerò, amore mio, ti bacio sulla bocca. Che fu la fonte del mio primo amore, ti do l'appuntamento come quando non lo so, passo soltanto che ritornerò. Una niña de paese, suonerò.